welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be doing uh, a forensic analysis. I am going to be doing a forensic analysis of the current ongoing Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard case. Um, I, this is coming from today. I have my hat on from uh, as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness. I've been doing this for many years and um, serving as both, you know, uh, both as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness and also as a trial analyst for the media. Well, I will admit I have been addicted to this trial. Um, I've been commenting on it for the media. I've been writing about it and so on. Um, and it is addicting. I was just watching it before I um, went to do the show right now because uh, there was a, a witness on, a psychologist, uh, expert witness for Amber Heard, that her case just started. Um, up to now, it's been uh, Johnny Depp's case. Uh, his putting his attorney's putting on his case in chief. He is. This case is all about um, Johnny Depp suing Amber Heard for fifty million dollars for defamation in regard to an op-ed piece that she wrote in the December 2018 Washington Post. And um, there have been a, a few different. Um, uh, ways that it was published or different titles, but one of them was, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. So it clearly was addressed to people in the entertainment industry, um, the world in general, about, it's, it's the, basically the Me Too movement um, line that, um, that she, you know, she was saying that she dared to speak up against um, well, it was clear, you know, this is part of the case. Who was she speaking up against? Clearly, the only person it could have been was Johnny Depp. Um, she's trying to say her, that, uh, you know, she didn't name him. His name isn't in the article, the op-ed piece, but clearly it is obvious who she's talking about. There was nobody else that she was going out with and certainly not married to. She had been married to Johnny. Um, there was nobody else that it could have been, and she hasn't said that there's that she was talking about anybody else. So, so that is the lawsuit, his defamation suit against her for her op-ed um, article, and she has countersued. Uh, he's suing for fifty million. She's suing countersuing for a hundred million, and um, it's not quite clear. She's also suing for defamation for things that he said about her. Um, but we haven't really heard about that yet. Now, the um, this is really the, the climate today, the Me Too uh, climate. The deck is stacked against him because of this, because of what has been happening in the last few years, last five years or so, by the Me Too um, trend or um, <laughs> wave. Um and so, you know, what has happened is um, there is now just a sense that if a woman claims that she was abused in any way by a man, 
uh, sexually harassed, sexually abused, any kind of abuse, that uh, women are, you know, the, the Me Too movement um, basically has been telling people, telling the world, uh, telling society that um, that people should just uh, believe the women. If a woman says this, it must have happened. And that should be the end of the story. So, um, so she was, you know, she called herself the face or the uh, public uh, image or something of the Me Too movement. And, um, and she was, you know, um, speaking for them or speaking for this general uh, issue that women should be believed regardless. Now, the other problem that uh, Johnny Depp has in terms of the deck being stacked against him is that many people aren't aware of how prevalent domestic violence perpetrated by women is towards men, where, in other words, where men are the victims. And, in fact, in this case, it has been made clear so far that Amber Heard has been abusive to him, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, um, verbally abusive, all different kinds of ways of being abusive except by neglect. Well, it's possible that it's by neglect as well, but that really hasn't been brought out at this point. Um, so he is the victim here, at least in my opinion, and apparently according to the opinion of um, the Internet and uh, people in general, the, the general sense is that even though there, there are these things stacked against him in the court, um, as I was saying, the Me Too and the fact that uh, people don't believe that, like the jury, um, it would be hard for the jury to believe that men can be victims of domestic violence, too. Now, he had a court uh, case in the U.K. He sued, um, in 2020, he sued the Sun newspaper, and uh, this was over an article that they ran in 2018 also that described him as a, quote, wife beater. Now, this was, based, this was based upon Amber's allegations. Now, in that trial, there wasn't a jury. There was just a judge, and he lost. But um, even though he had two women uh, offer and testify for him, and they did testify for him, two, two women who, who, who he had been in relationships with, Renona Ryder and Vanessa Paradis, and he has two children with Vanessa, and they testified that he never was abusive to them in any way, and yet the judge, um, you know, found in Amber's favor. Um, now, I think it's going to be different with a jury. I think that... Um, you know, I think that uh, Johnny Depp may have been a little too wry, a little too, um, uh, I mean, he has a kind of English sense of humor, but, <laughs> and I lived in England for a while. Uh, judges in England do not have, well, judge, most judges all over do not have a very good sense of humor, at least not in the courtroom. Um, and I think that his, some of the things that he did or said um, for example, what came out in this trial, the current trial that's going on in Virginia, um, there was something that came out about how um, when in the, in the U.K. trial, he was asked if he would like to get off the stand, like to take a break, and he made some reference to, um, 
to Snoopy. Yeah, I would guess I would I would do a Snoopy dance or something like that. I would like, in other words, I'd love to get off the stand to take a break. Well, I don't think the judge would have found that comment uh, terribly funny. Um, so it could be things like that. It could be um, that the judge in the U.K. was more influenced by the Me Too climate, didn't know as much about men being victims of domestic violence. I don't know um, what was, what was um, you know, what that judge was thinking. However, um, Johnny Depp has tried, after that verdict in the U.K. went against him, he tried to have it appealed. He brought it to two other courts, two higher courts. And they went along with this judge, the judge who had ruled against him. And I think it was a judge who, um, you know, had a lot of respect from these two higher courts, and they didn't want to rule against him. Um, But I'm not going to pretend that I really understand how this could have happened, other than it's just one person's opinion. (laughs) Unfortunately, that person happens to be the judge. But... um, but I think it's going to be different um, in this in this uh, jury trial that's currently going on. Now, let me give you a little history of their relationship. They met in 2009 on the set of The Rum Diary. They were both actors in The Rum Diary movie. And in this movie, their characters fell in love with each other and ultimately um, married. And so when that happened, they each were in relationships with other people. Um, So they, well, one is led to believe that they didn't start their relationship until after they had ended their relationship with people they were, who they were in a relationship with in 2009. So the story goes. But um, if you believe that, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Um, anyhow, what's interesting is that this often happens with actors. They meet, um, on the set of a movie and particularly if their characters play, um, are are starring as the love interest, if they fall in love in this movie and, and what often happens is that, um, it really has a very, uh, strong impact on them especially if, you know, they really get into the part, especially if they have some love scenes. Um, And they ultimately often do fall in love with each other or they believe that they fall in love with each other. After they've finished uh, filming, they often go on to have relationships. And and really, it, it usually doesn't work because they're falling in love with the character that the other person played, not really with the who that person really is. And particularly in this movie, The Rum Diary, um, it was a, a meaningful movie to Johnny Depp. And um, in, in the movie, uh, in, the, in the story, the characters, Johnny Depp's character, um, falls in love with her Amber Heard's character at first sight. So imagine playing that, you know, um, how you get your mind to to get into that belief. Um, it then trailed on afterwards, and they met again at the promotions 
uh, for the movie, which came out two years later, almost two years later, in 2011. And so they started dating, and eventually they got married. Life imitated art, just like the movie. Um, but what happens is when actors uh, fall in love with each other, when they play love interests of each other in movies, they find out that real life isn't as easy as reading lines and following stage directions. So that is what happened with um, Johnny and Amber. They married in 2015. Then in May 2016, Amber filed for divorce and uh, filed for and got a temporary restraining order after she accused Johnny Depp of physical abuse. Now, um, really, uh, you know, this had to do with finding out that um, Johnny wanted her to sign a postnuptial agreement. I'll get into that more in a bit. But, um, you know, she, she it's, it's hard to believe, but he apparently was in, in lust with her or in, uh, you know, or, or overwhelmed by the characters, the character she was playing and, you know, his character in relation to hers or whatever. But, you know, he, here, a man with multi-million dollars uh, and a smart man, this trial has shown that he is really smart. Uh, and yet he didn't ask her to sign a prenup. So after they were married, um, he did ask her to sign a postnup. And she got angry, furious, and that led to one of their big knockdown, drag out fights. Um, again, there was no evidence when I say knockdown, drag out, but there's no evidence. There has still been no evidence presented in, at trial uh, of his being physically abusive to her. But, um, but anyhow, so, so she, when, when he asked her to sign a postnup, she didn't want any part of that. And, um, so she filed for divorce and she, this, uh, filing for a restraining order was part of trying to get more money in the divorce. Now this is, she is not the only person who has done that, you know, in my work as an expert witness, I have worked on other cases where women, um, claim all kinds of things to um, such as abuse and such as um, abuse of themselves or, you know, domestic violence or abuse of the children, any kind of um, horrible thing so that they can try to settle with their soon to be ex-spouse for more money because the ex-spouse doesn't want to deal with this in court, you know, in public court and um, these shameful allegations and so on. And um, so they just they just uh, settled, and she got seven million dollars, of which she was she promised that she would give half of it, three point five million to the ACLU, which is kind of a strange thing to donate to, but I guess it was going along with her claim that you know she was uh, the face, one of the faces at least of the Me Too movement, um, and three point five million was all supposed. I mean. Uh, so wait, she got seven million. She was gonna. She said she was gonna donate three point five million to charity, of which she she was going to donate some to the ACLU and some to a children's hospital. She has donated no money to a children's hospital, and she donated um, like around um, 
130,000. There are different figures being given, but nothing like 3.5 million, you know, um, or even 1.25 million um, from as she had promised in the divorce settlement. So they also released a um, statement during the divorce, a joint statement that said, quote, our relationship was intensely passionate and at times volatile, but always bound by love. Neither party has made false accusations for financial gain. There was never any intent of physical or emotional harm. Um, So needless to say, unquote, they were both gritting their teeth when they um, compromised and signed this because surely, you know, um, she has been making false accusations for financial gain. And um, so, you know, she did not hold to this agreement. Her 2018 um, op-ed, for example, is in direct violation of this agreement. And in addition to putting out this joint letter, there was also a um, non-disparagement clause in the marriage settlement, the divorce settlement. So that means that neither party was supposed to say anything negative about the other. But again, Amber Heard wrote this 2018 op-ed. Now, um, when we come back, I will tell you about um, Johnny Depp's past and how this um, is a is the most significant factor, well, one of the most significant factors, certainly the most significant in terms of why he got into this mess with Amber Heard, and also a significant factor in how, in, in these allegations of abuse. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. 
speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about uh, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. I'm giving my forensic analysis um, from my experience as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness and uh, media analyst of trials and cases. So um, in regard to, there are a lot of... Um, audio testimony. There is a lot of audio testimony, which was made by Amber Heard um, taping. It seems like she spent a lot of time um, in her relationship with Johnny taping things. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really pathological. Um, and he didn't know that she was taping him. Uh, audio taping him, and she also took some video. So that has been part of the trial. And in one of these um, recordings, uh, Amber is said, um, saying, admitting to hitting Johnny, she said, quote, I can't promise you I won't get physical again. I effing sometimes get so mad, I lose it, unquote. Now, um, Johnny's sister was one of the first witnesses, Christy Dombrowski, and she testified about their mother. Betty Sue Palmer. And their mother was extremely physically and emotionally abusive to Johnny, to this sister Christy, and to their father. And throughout his childhood, on a daily basis, it seemed. Um, and so she said, quote, we would run and hide. She would hit us. She would throw things, unquote. Now, these are some of the same things that Amber did to Johnny, um, uh, that, that Amber would hit him, would throw things, um, and, 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 of course, being emotionally abusive as well, call him all kinds of names and so on. Now, neither Johnny nor his father would ever strike back when their mother was abusive, when, when the sibling's mother was abusive and the father's wife was abusive. Um, instead, they would leave the room. They would run and hide. Now, why did um, Johnny end up marrying a woman who is just like his mother, an abusive woman? She, uh, Amber, in my mind, there's no question that Amber, and in fact, with the evidence, there really is no question that Amber was also physically and emotionally abusive. And what Johnny would do would be when this happened, which also seemed like almost a daily basis, at least at times during their, their, during their relationship. <clears throat> there were some times when it was a little better, but really throughout their relationship, there, she was abusive. Um, and, and so what he did when Amber would be abusive was the same thing that he used to do as a child. It was programmed in his brain. It was an emotional, an automatic emotional reaction to a woman's abuse. 
And what that was, was running and hiding. You know, he talked about, for example, on the stand, he talked about um, how in one fight um, he would he ran into two bathrooms and, I don't know, seven regular rooms, and um, he just kept, she, she just kept chasing after him. Now, um, there is a, uh, there has been a, um, there, there has been a psychologist for Johnny Depp's team, his lawyer retained a psychologist, um, and she, her job was to evaluate uh, Amber Depp, and her name was Dr. Shannon Curry. Um, and the reason why she was allowed to examine, do a, psyche, a psychological evaluation of Amber is because Amber put her mental condition at issue, meaning she is trying to claim not only that Johnny Depp was abusive, but that she has PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, from his abuse. And she's claiming this because she is hoping to, well, she's suing for $100 million, but um, some of that presumably is to cover treatment for her ongoing PTSD due to Johnny's alleged abuse. So that's how his psychologist was able to, not his psychologist, but I mean the forensic psychologist that the, that his lawyers hired um, was able to examine Amber. Now I'm going to get into the differences between um, that psychologist, um, Dr. Curry, and the psychologist who is on the stand today, um, who is named Dr. Dawn Hughes, I will get into that later. But Dr. Shannon Curry, uh, the psych- Johnny Depp's forensic psychologist, um, what diagnosed Amber as having a borderline and a histrionic personality disorder. Now, um, a personality disorder is something that is formed in a person before age 18 or by age 18, or nowadays they're saying maybe a little longer, maybe, um, you know, a a young adult, maybe it could be like till 20 or whatever, but it always used to be. uh, Classically, it's considered by age 18. Now, the reason why people, there are several different kinds of personality disorders that you can have. (laughs) And um, the kind that you might develop. Not everybody has a personality disorder, but um, most of us have personality traits. But a disorder, you have to fulfill a certain um, characteristics, criteria. And so, so um, uh, it has to do with um, your, what, what, it has to do with your experiences growing up from the time that you're born until the time that you're 18. What kinds of traumas did you have? What kinds of relationships with your parents and other significant people did you have? Um, how traumatic was uh, um, you, <laughs> you are, uh, um, you know, you go through the oral, anal, edible, uh, latent and genital phases. And if there are traumas that happen during any of these phases, that points you in the direction of a certain type of personality disorder. And there are other things as well, uh, that other components 
that will determine what kind of personality disorder you develop if you develop one at all. So, um, so that is that is what forms your personality. That is a long-lasting. This is what this is your personality for the rest of your life. And um, I mean, of course, you can get treatment and address the maladaptive aspects of whatever personality disorder you may have. Um, but it is not an acute thing, whereas uh, PTSD is something that you get in rea- at any time in your life in reaction to a particular trauma, okay? Um, you will see why this is important. In any case, um, I actually wrote, uh, I have a column in the um, Front Page Detectives. It's an online magazine, frontpagedetectives.com. And my column is Inside the Criminal Mind. And so before um, the trial started, or certainly before this uh, psychologist, Dr. Curry, um, testified, I wrote a column. My column was about, um, about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And I already had diagnosed her. I diagnosed her with borderline narcissistic borderline histrionic, like Dr. Curry did, and I also diagnosed her with narcissistic personality disorder, like a combination, a mixed personality disorder, borderline narcissistic and histrionic. And those three types of personality disorders are called cluster B. They kind of go together in the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. And um, certainly, um, you know, certainly what we know about Amber so far, she does, I mean, I have not changed my diagnosis. Now, one of the uh, characteristics of a borderline personality is that they are extremely emotionally volatile and they have um, problems with their sense of self, with their sense of identity. Um, They can be like a chameleon. They take on the characteristics of people who they are with to try to fit in. And there are several other um, uh, criteria. Now, um, the key, though, criterion for borderlines uh, is that they have abandonment issues. So since Johnny Depp's way of coping with Amber's abuse was, was the same as his way of coping for his, with his mother's abuse, and that is to run and hide. So, as you can well imagine, Johnny Depp running and hiding to escape the abuse made that triggered Amber's abandonment issues. He wanted to get as far away from her as possible when she would be abusive, when Amber would be abusive. And um and that triggered her because oh my god, he's leaving. She would run after him. And so the the um, the argument, the the um, difficulties between them would just keep escalating. It was a toxic cycle between the two of them. Um, Amber was also not only physically abusive to Johnny, but also emotionally or verbally abusive. For example, according to Johnny's sister Christie's testimony, Amber once called him an quote old fat man unquote. And she berated him. He was, uh, he was chosen by Dior to be the face of their campaign. 
And um, so Amber was saying how, you know, she couldn't believe that Dior would want to work with him on a campaign because she said, quote, they're about class and style and you don't have style, unquote. Now, Amber, this is one of the examples that shows that Amber was very jealous of Johnny's success. She wanted to be with him. I think she wanted to be with him primarily. I don't think she was ever in love with him. I think she wanted to be with him for the fame, to be on his arm, to be Johnny Depp's girlfriend, to have the status of being Johnny Depp's girlfriend because he was a huge star. And that raised her status by being his girlfriend and also would hopefully, or she was hoping, (laughs) would raise her uh, the um, offers that were made to her to, and so she could become more of a star if she got more offers because of being Johnny Depp's girlfriend. Um, now, interestingly, a month after she married Johnny, and this is why, you know, one of the examples that shows that she never loved him. Um, but one month after she married him, and this would be after he was trying to uh, get her to sign a postnup, and she freaked out and was not going to do that. Um, she began a, an affair with Elon Musk. And there are witnesses to her having, uh, to Elon Musk having come up to the penthouse apartments that Johnny Depp owned and that, she, you know, they were both, that Amber and Johnny were staying in, of course. And, um, and she gave Elon a key at one time to come up to the, to the penthouse. I mean, there's no question that she was having an affair with him. And, um, and she also, uh, it seems to, there's been, uh, recently there was video shown of her in an elevator, the elevator to the penthouse apartments, um, with, uh, Franco. And she supposedly, um, had, I mean, and it's certainly the way they were cozy in the elevator, it certainly doesn't seem as though they were likely having an affair. So, um, so that's why I say, and there's, you know, clearly more evidence too, that, uh, that she didn't love him that she, and she was having all these affairs. And basically, you know, she was going, she used, uh, Johnny as a step stool. I mean, he was, you know, had millions, but then she used the status that she got by being Johnny's girlfriend to get Elon Musk, who had even more <laughs> millions, billions, um, now, there was a time when they were, after they got married, there was a time that they went to Australia. And there was this main incident, the worst incident, was when um, Amber threw a vodka bottle at Johnny. And it shattered his hand. And in fact, this was after he told her he wanted her to sign a postnuptial agreement. And um, he, it shattered his hand. It, she, she threw it at him and hit his finger. And it locked the um, the tip of his finger off, like completely. They had to go looking around the house. His his uh, people who work for him, not Amber. <laughs> I don't think she looks for anything. Um, but his people um, started looking around the house to find the finger, which fortunately they found, and they brought it in ice to the emergency room where he was, and they were able. I mean, it really. Then he flew. They, I guess they attached it temporarily, and then he flew back to the States and had an incredible doctor who was able to reattach uh, the end of his finger. Now, this has fascinating um, psychological implications because um, 
It is like uh, he was castrated. It was like cutting off the tip of his penis, psychologically, psychoanalytically. I know some of you might be thinking, are you kidding me? (laughs) No, it's because, I mean, do I have to really get into details? I mean... Once, I mean, you you know, you know about the the um, saying like, look at a man's hand. Um, if he has long fingers, that means he has a long penis. I, I'm not saying, you know, maybe that's an old wives' tale. Maybe it isn't. But in any case, the fingers have long been associated symbolically with one's penis. And so when she did this, um, it was like castrating Johnny Depp. Well, I will end this segment here. When we come back, I will tell you more about what has been going on in the trial. Um, and um, particularly about these psychologists. And, um, and it, it, just, it just gets more interesting. This whole thing is, although I don't know what could be more interesting than I'm castrating him. But, um, I mean, it was really sad. It was really, and his testimony has been amazing. If you, if you haven't seen any of this yet, um, I really would urge you to watch the trial. It is being covered gavel to gavel by court TV, and it is addicting. I will just warn you that it is addicting. Um, once you start watching it, you get hooked. Anyway, we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today, talking about um, the ongoing trial of uh, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. It is a defamation trial. He is suing her for $50 million. She is counter-suing for $100,000. Let's see. I I want to go back to something I was talking about in regards to his childhood abuse. His mother was incredibly abusive um, to Johnny, to his sister, to his father. And his father, this is an interesting um, part, his father... um, 
didn't, even though the mother was, was horrendously abusive, the father used to take it too. He didn't hit back. Um, he would go to a different room or whatever, but he didn't do anything, uh, you know, to the mother. And he stayed until Johnny was 15 years old. Um, and then he finally, you know, uh, couldn't take it anymore and he left. And it seems as though he was the father was staying all that time because of the children, to not leave the children alone with the mother. Now, what's interesting here is that, um, oh, oh, well, wait. Um, when his father did leave, finally, when Johnny was 15, his father did leave, his mother made a suicide attempt. She took pills and she... Um, she, you know, made a, um, a suicide attempt. She was taken to the emergency room, and, um, and you know, they, they saved her. But she was always sort of, after the father left, she was always sort of on the verge of suicide. You know, she, she stayed on the couch for the rest of her life, pretty much. Um, so, Johnny didn't want to leave Amber because... Amber had, has, had made um, comments about, you know, like threatening to kill herself. And he didn't want to do to Amber what his father did to his mother. So, you know, look at this guy. He's trying to be a decent guy. He doesn't have her <laughs> sign a prenup. That was just kind of, I don't know, he was too caught up in, in uh, romance, I guess, um, or in fantasy of who she really was. Um, and here he doesn't leave her because she, he doesn't want her to commit suicide like his mother tried to do. Um, anyhow, so, so that was why he was staying despite Amber's abuse for 15 months that they were married and, you know, pre pre prior to that as well. Um, let's see. Now, I have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I'm trying to um, now, in terms of the in terms of the um, trial, uh, so far, Amber has not taken the stand, but she she is about to. She's probably going to start tomorrow. but um, but we have heard a lot of her on on audio, um, her recordings. but Johnny Depp's testimony, which went on, I think, for four days, it went on for a very long time, was riveting. Because, I mean, imagine what it was like to tell this story in great detail about his mother's abuse and about all the names that she called him and the, the physical abuse and all of this and the father, you know, leaving and the mother committing, almost trying, trying to commit suicide. All, all of, you know, the, the real painful, painful experiences of his childhood and then with Amber. Now, you might want to want to know why would somebody who had a mother that was so abusive, why would they end up being attracted to and marrying a woman who would then be similarly abusive? Now, this, of course, is in addition to, um, you know, like the character that she played in the film that they met on and so on. But, you know, in a way, that character was somewhat cold and, you know, if not abusive as well. But, so why would a man marry, marry their mother um, so that they could go on being abused? Well, Freud had the answer to that. 
is called the repetition compulsion. And um, what that means is that we are often attracted to, we are, no, I shouldn't say, we, we are attracted to um, a person who, typically a person of the opposite sex, who has the characteristics of our parents of the opposite sex. So in other words, um, Johnny or would be attracted to Amber, who was just like his mother, abusive, because even though you would think that that would be the last woman he would be attracted to, but it's because of this repetition compulsion, which means that we are unconsciously trying to undo the pain of the past by marrying someone who, where we can both play the same roles that we did with our parents of the opposite sex so that uh, we can try to have the story end up with a happier ending. Okay? So we try to recreate what happened in our childhood because we think, again, this is all unconscious, we think that we can make it end up better. We can do better now that we're grown, <laughs> grown up. Um, we, can, we can have it turn out better, and that will undo the pain of the past. Well, clearly this doesn't really work because what generally happens is that we just get more pain, and this time from the person that we're married to. Um, it can also act, act, be acted out not only by, it's most typically marrying the person um, that is like the parent of the opposite sex, but it can also be that you marry, you're attracted and marry someone who is opposite to the parent, but who has certain characteristics that, again, let you um, act out your childhood. Or, um, so it, it can be in different ways, but most, most of the time it is you marrying someone who is just like um, the parent, the opposite sex parent who you had struggles with in your childhood. Okay, now. So Johnny Depp was clearly, um, you could see the pain that he was in when he talked about his childhood abuse and when he talked about his abuse from Amber. And needless to say, um, you know, he, I mean, he plays uh, the, in Pirates of the Caribbean. He plays, in most of the roles, he plays um, very macho kinds of parts. Not, not all of them are macho. Edward Scissorhands, I guess, isn't necessarily macho, but a lot of macho parts. I mean, it would, it's hard for any man to admit that they are being abused by a woman, or especially their wife, um, but because it's, it, they're ashamed, they don't want to look weak and so on. But certainly for an actor who is known for playing these macho parts, um, it is even more humiliating. But Johnny is doing this, this um, case, he explained to her at the beginning, he was asked, his lawyer asked him, why are you filing this suit? And it's to clear his name. I mean, of course, he's furious that, um, you know, that he was called, like in, in the UK, as I was saying, he was called a wife beater. And in this, in this op-ed that Amber Heard wrote, um, you know, it was also, essentially, that was the implication that he was a wife beater. Um, and... Um, so he wants to clear his name, particularly because it is the very last thing that he would have wanted to be because of his mother, 
having been a beater, you know, having beaten her kids and her husband. Um, there were there were some interesting things, you know, about, uh, for example, there was an incident where um, that that uh, Amber perpetrated. Um, it turned out, uh, John, he explained this story that he was he was. Um, away somewhere for doing a film or something, and he was going to come home early. Um, and for some reason, he was going to be coming back to the home that he shared with Amber. And um, he was talking to one of the people who worked for him, the manager of his apartment or something. Um, and he was saying, I'm going to come home today. And then this person who works for him said, no, Johnny, <laughs> I wouldn't do that right now. And it turned out, that there was feces um, in the bed on his spot, and he hadn't been there. <laughs> it wasn't his feces. There was no way it could have been him, his because he hadn't been there in quite some time. Um, uh, I mean, certainly not. he wasn't there recently enough so that it could be his feces. And Amber tried to blame it on their dogs, <laughs> especially one dog, who she said... Um, had an upset stomach ever since he once uh, got into Johnny's weed. And so, you know what, he has diarrhea. And so he's the one who left this pile of feces in the bed. But there were pictures of it. And the feces looked a lot bigger than than what these tiny little dogs um, could have made and usually make. There is no way that a tiny little dog could have made that pile of feces. So she was just, you know, she was getting caught in lie after, <laughs> excuse me, lie after lie after lie. And um, another lie, for example, is um, she claimed when, when people, you know, witnesses testified that they never saw bruises on her like she claimed to have. And so she claimed um, in her, in her, she hasn't testified yet, but I guess in, um, in the audio or in um, document, court documents, she claimed that um, she that she, the reason why people couldn't see bruises on her is because she used makeup, and she mentions a particular kind of makeup um, that has it was like a compact that had all different colors in it, like green and yellow. And not just, you know, pink and, uh, you know, like normal rouge. Uh, and the idea of it is that you could, you could use, combine these different colors to cover um, bruises, you know, depending upon the color of the bruise at, at any particular day, you can mask it with these different colors. The only problem is that this compact that she mentioned, uh, this makeup, was by a specific uh, company and they came out after she this testimony came out about her saying that she used this makeup. They um, spoke to the media, and it's all over the place that in fact this compact, this kind of, of makeup, was not available during the years that she is claiming to have been abused by Johnny Depp. So that was another example of um, her lies. Now. Um, uh, the other, of course, the other reason that Johnny is filing this case uh, is not only to clear his name, but is to um, be compensated financially for the uh, the dump in his career um, from this Washington Post uh, op-ed that Amber Heard wrote, which implied that he was a wife beater. 
his and and he had witnesses come on the stand to prove that um, in fact, in fact, his career did take a nosedive after this um, uh, after this op-ed that Amber wrote. So let me just tell you a little bit about the the um, the psychologist, the forensic psychologist. So I mentioned Dr. Shannon Curry. She is the one who was retained by Johnny Depp's legal team. And she was pretty good. She is the one who diagnosed her with the, with the diagnosis that I gave Amber Heard before she got on a stand and, and said what she diagnosed her with. Um, you can tell I'm very pleased with myself about that. It's really pretty obvious, to tell you the truth. Um, anyhow, so, so Dr. Curry said that she diagnosed Amber as having borderline and uh, histrionic personality disorder. Um, but Dr. The, the uh, psychologist who's on the stand now um, is diagnosing her with PTSD. Now, um, the psych- psychologist who's on the stand now is Dr. Dawn Hughes. And um, she is diagnosing her with PTSD. She is claiming that Amber Heard has the PTSD because of Johnny Depp's abuse and so on. And, um, you know, the thing is that even if there is any kind of evidence that, that Amber may have PTSD, there is no proof, there's no way to prove. Uh, it will be interesting to see how she tries to get around this, but there is no way to prove that it was from Johnny. This, she could well have PTSD in addition to these personality disorders, but they would be coming from, could just as well come from trauma from her childhood, trauma from, you know, any age, um, and not Johnny. So this is going to be very interesting to see um, Dr. Curry is in the courtroom while Dr. Hughes is testifying, and no doubt she's going to uh, be a rebuttal witness, meaning she's going to go back on the stand and um, try to rebut um, these diagnoses that Dr. Hughes has given her. Um, there are some problems with, um, you know, the, the Amber, Amber's side is going to try to say that um, Dr. Shannon Curry was um, a hired, well, they're both hired, you know, they're hired and paid by their respective um, defense uh, parties. But, uh, well, but um, there is a little cloud over Dr. Shannon Curry, and that is that she met with Johnny and his legal team when they retained her at Johnny's house for dinner and drinks. So the other side is trying to say that, you know, she was starstruck and biased and so on. But hopefully she will be able to redeem herself, Dr. Curry will, when she rebuts Dr. Hughes' testimony. Well, that's all, folks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Um, I, I will speak to you again next Tuesday. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.